0: All right, we're here. Uh, welcome to On Texas Football Longhorn Live Stream. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by a trio of guests today: Ian Boyd, Joe Cook, and Jerry Hamilton, all of InsideTexas.com. Longhorns had their third spring practice of the week uh, today. Uh, Joe Cook, our beat reporter for Inside
1: Texas, is there. Joe, what's the very latest from practice? Didn't get to see a whole lot. Uh, you know, a pretty brief period today, but um full pads so you got to tell who was going to be going at it full swing and then who was still in that injury slash limited group um that keelan robinson uh jonathan brooks those guys have been in there um isaiah nayor obviously um and even a couple others and we put that over on inside texas.com but you know they were trying to be uh, energetic from the start uh there was a occasion where uh, player didn't really have his uh well, not didn't really just didn't have his helmet on and that irks D Sarkeesian. Uh, and this is a veteran guy, a guy who you're going to see in the starting lineup a lot. And Sark was just on his butt about getting that helmet on and being ready to roll on a, on a physical practice. So I think they wanted to get a lot, uh, you know, pad wise and, and tackling a little bit instruction wise, fundamentally out of the way before they send him off for spring break and then uh get back to it on the 22nd I believe. Uh was DeAndre Moore
0: out at practice today? I
1: know that was one that that missed Wednesday. Yeah, he was uh there. He was fielding a f- punt return. Um he was a second string at the slot receiver position behind Jordan Whittington. He didn't have any brace or any, you know, any visible thing on, but he he still looked a little bit ginger. So, uh and it didn't I couldn't really tell what he was favoring, whether it was a leg or an ankle or, you know, small part of the foot, something like that. Uh, but he was still going, and it was one of those things where he, the, the coaches and he didn't feel like it was enough to take him out. And so he was there getting the second string reps and he was one of the three first year wide receivers who are on the second string right now. You got AD Mitchell backing up Casey Kane at X and you have John Tay Cook backing up Xavier Worthy at the field spot. And Sarkeesian talked a little bit about that today. Um, about how that's going to be important when they're trying to get a lot out of the passing game this upcoming season. I want to say real quick, thank you to our sponsor,
0: Andy Ludicky of uh, myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, two weeks PTO and uh, working for somebody else, uh, give Andy a call. He has a process that tries to fit you and your skills to the business that best fits those. You can reach him at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net for a free consultation. That's Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, anybody else have a question for
2: Joe based on what they, they've heard so far from practice? Jerry, Ian? Did you get any good look at Jerry Bledsoe and how he looked?
1: Yeah, uh, that was an interesting one uh, today. You know, whenever we, we get the first few minutes, we only get some individual drills. Um, and they have Jure working with Bo Davis, so interior guys, defensive tackles. Uh, but they also have him doing some uh, personal protecting for punt on special teams. Um, but Steve Sarkeesian mentioned that's, uh, that Jure is a player that they – they how do they describe him? He has positional flex. Uh, so it sounds – and, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski's name was mentioned. Uh, with working with Bledsoe. So that's someone who they, I guess they believe they can get a little bit out of at, at multiple spots. Um, there wasn't a lot of discussion about cross-training. There hasn't been a lot of discussion about cross-training this week from any coach, be it Sark or any of the players. Uh, but, you know, so far we've only seen him at tackle, but they make it sound like he's someone who could get some work on the edge as well.
0: It looks like to me that just from the the signs that we're seeing early um, they're trying to figure out who all's ready and who's not. Uh, typical of, of these guys, while including everyone in workouts. Um, probably one of the most interesting things for me, at least, has been uh, the consistency of the numbers at wide receiver. And what I mean by that, other than DeAndre Moore being being out in the second practice, Whittington has been backed up by Moore. Worthy has been backed up by Cook. Uh, Kane has been backed up by Mitchell. It, that that followed through again today, right?
1: Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, it goes one is worthy and cook and then uh, on the other side, it's Kane then Mitchell and yes, uh, Whittington and more. yeah, it, it it almost seems like they're breaking them out a little bit early. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when
0: Isaiah Naor uh, and uh, uh, Brendan Thompson get back and are able to to participate. Uh, got a couple of questions coming from the Inside Texas Message Board. We also want to get your questions in today uh, on uh, on this uh, chat live stream uh, from On Texas Football. Uh, let's go to the very first one uh, and uh, take, it, take it from here. Jerry, I'm going to give you this one, okay? It's going to be uh, – here we go. Very, very premature question, but given how he's talked about already, how high of a draft pick Draft pick, do you think Leonga Lafau can be if he hits his ceiling? It's a tough question. Uh, that that's that's almost
3: impossible uh, uh, at this point. I mean, um, I do think he has longer arms uh, than anticipated. Uh, so so much of that stuff, I mean, is going to come down to where's that frame at? Yeah, uh, you know, the biggest thing with these guys um, as they develop is. You add strength you add weight to your frame and do you retain the same level of athleticism and, and that's always an unpredictable thing. Bobby I know uh, doing this years you' we've both seen guys that you didn't think would lose athleticism as they got bigger but did um, so that that's really I mean I think it coverage wise ability to play in space I think he's very good for the modern game uh, I, but I, the longer arms than anticipated I think gives gives you hopes for him. Uh, playing downhill as well and being a sure tackler. But we'll have to see as that uh, frame continues to add weight, uh, does he retain the same quickness, athleticism, and speed? Because that's really what's going to determine it for him. Yeah, I
0: I think it's – I would agree with you, Jerry. I I just think it's too early, Um, way too early. I think he's got a chance, um, which, you know, before they show up on campus, you think they have a chance, and then they show up on campus and you get a real good idea whether they do or not. Yeah, you know, we
3: always, I, we always talk about Bobby. We always talk about a receiver going over the middle and getting hit for the first time, right? Yep. But, you know, this is the same thing for these linebackers when they get to this level. They've never had a big-time 240-pound running back run through them, run over them, step on their chest on the way by, and how they react to that. So there's still that element, too, for all these guys, no matter what position they play. The physicality goes up a notch, and then they got to get their butt kicked a couple of times, see how they respond to that physicality.
0: All right, uh here's uh, another question. I'm going to go to Ian uh for this one. Uh get uh, our our guy up there involved. Uh for Ian from uh, Joel McWaters, for Ian, what offensive set best suits the expected
2: starting lineup? Is That in terms of like the personnel package? Yes. I th- they need to be an 11 personnel a lot of the time, three receivers, one running back, one tight end. Um they need Jatavia Sanders to be in position to move around and hunt matchups. If you, anytime you can get him on a linebacker is a problem. He might be able to be a guy you can put on a corner and cause problems or, or cause distortions in the defense. He's kind of the centerpiece in my opinion, he might be the best player on the offense. So you want to 11 personnel really helps him a lot. I I think that that's going to be the biggest key. Um, and then, But they're going to do a lot of everything. Sark's not really about – he's not like Tom Herman with like the same 11 guys line up every play. He's going to get in the 12 personnel and explore the matchups in the run game, the passing game. He can get there and give him max protection. He's, he's going to get more receivers. He's going to get more running backs on the field. But, uh, yeah, I think mean, 11 personnel and featuring Sanders is going to be a centerpiece.
0: Gotcha. Got a question here from Arnaldo Rangel. Any word on how Sarge's son is doing? Is he an early enrollee? I have no update he, there. He's I, not. I did not notice him on the practice field uh, on Monday or Wednesday. Uh, I talked to Joe beforehand. He didn't either. We really have no update there. He's, he's not he's an, an early enrollee, enrollee. For
3: sure. He's not an early guy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Got it. He's still in right, California. Me. Got it. All right. Uh, this is from Randy stuttered. How does Cedric Baxter look, the running back? Uh, I watched him twice. Joe, you seen him three times. It's Jerry, twice. I'll let you go to this one, uh, Jerry. Yeah, I think uh, it, pretty much the same guy I saw in high
3: school. Um, I think he's going to look so different physically in August. He hasn't had enough time in the offseason uh, yet, but he's. I, I expect the guy to be 6'1", 225-ish uh, around August, maybe lose some weight through two-a-days. Uh, But he looks really good, uh, route running, and uh, you know that's not a surprise for those that saw Cedric Baxter. I, you know, he's really good when he sticks his right foot in the ground and creates separation going left. I mean, not that he's not good sticking his left foot and going right, but he's really got a little juice when he sticks that right foot in the ground and and comes out of a break going left. But he caught the ball in a traffic situation, contested situation. I think against Lafau and running back linebacker uh, drills Wednesday. Uh, just really fought through him, took the ball out of his hands, uh, held the ball cradled when he went to the ground. So he gets a lot of praise from uh, Tashar Choice and drill work. Think thing of, to know about Cedric Baxter, he's a really mature football guy. I mean, he's serious about football. He sees football. He, he, he said it in interviews. He's very frank about it as a way to better his family's life. Um, and, you know, the one story I always will tell uh, people about Baxter because it just stuck with me at the time, And I think it's going to carry over to how he adapts to the college game. As he was hurt at Edgewater during the season, he had a little bit of a hamstring injury. And the uh, the day I was there for practice, instead of sitting on the sidelines, he was in the huddle every play. He was helping the backup running back every play. He was communicating with his coaches, with his teammates every play. He's got some of that. Football's really serious about him. He wants to be a leader. He wants to be a voice. He checks all the boxes. Now it's just going to come down to, you know – those coals are going to pinch things we haven't seen yet uh, and, and how that vision is when those holes start pinching on a lot quicker than the high school game. And uh, does that contact balance remain the same as in high school? I think it will.
0: Joe, I want to ask you because you saw him again today, your third day, what are your overall thoughts of
1: the young man from Orlando? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a big, impressive presence. I think uh, a lot of what Jerry said uh, holds up. I don't think there's any physical questions with him, whether it be, um, you know, running, just running the football, hanging on to the ball, running routes, anything like that. Uh, the big question with with Baxter is if you go back and watch his film at Edgewater, there's a guy pulling – there's an offensive lineman pulling on basically every run. Uh, those are, are gap schemes, uh, as they're called. Um, and Steve Sarkeesian runs some of those, uh, but he also runs some zone schemes. And maybe uh, Edgewater did this uh, sparingly, but there are very few examples of it during his film – uh, so running behind zone schemes is going to be the thing that uh, he's going to have to work on most. We don't get to see a ton of that. A lot of the the drills we see him go through are, are on air. Uh, but I mean, he, he looks like a five-star physical talent. And I think that was a big reason why he had his rating. Obviously he can run the football through, through the offensive line pretty well uh, for him. It's just going to be adjusting to zone schemes and being able to read, you know, the backsides of offensive linemen and, using that information to point them where to go and hit the right hole. Speaking
0: with uh, Joe Cook, Jerry Hamilton, and Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. We're taking your questions, so please get them in uh, for us if you don't mind. Uh, We would appreciate it. We'll uh, be answering them uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, Just put them in the queue and and we'll get going. Uh, Let's go back to you real quick, Ian. Uh, This is an interesting one. To compete for a Big 12 championship or playoff spot, Is the Longhorns' talent and depth at O-line, wide receiver, and quarterback enough to make up for weaker, more inexperienced positions on the team? I just want to say this. They're still young at O-line and quarterback. So even though they're talented, they are very young there, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, that's. uh, they definitely have the talent at quarterback and receiver. That's not a question do they have the experience at quarterback in particular that's going to be the big one how far has Quinn Ewers come from last year and then should something happen to him what's up with Malik Murphy is that guy is that guy going to be in the picture and is Art, how you know is Arch Manning really going to be a big 12 title contender level of freshman phenom that's you know, that's a tall that's a big ask so i i think The the to the question the talent and depth is there, is the experience there to actually come through and win a championship? Can they win? Can they beat Kansas State in the fourth quarter? Can they win on the road and uh, they don't have to go to Stillwater? Where do we have to go this year? You know, those are the questions, and uh, I it's still a little wait and see there.
0: I uh, got it. I got some questions here coming in now. Um, this one from Freelance Society and Joe, this is going to be for you a little bit because you're a journalism grad. How has college sports journal, uh, journalism changed in the last five years for y'all loaded question can be, can Texas sports coverage related? I'm a journalist, but in a different field, love y'all's work. I've got to be honest. I I've done this for 25, 30 years now, Jerry, you're in the same category as me Ian. I think you've How long you been doing this, Ian, now? 10 years or so, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I would say that the biggest change is the influx of NIL on recruiting, uh, primarily. Um, And then that would be about it, because recruiting used to be, you know, all about who had the best sales pitch. Now that's part of it, but it's not the only piece of it. And so it's entering different and new factors. Joe, you're a journalism school grad. Do you have anything to add to this? Um,
1: My biggest thing is kind of look, I mean, look at what we're on right now. I mean, I went to school to write. Um, You know, I I don't know where y'all, what y'all majored in, but like I went to school to be a a writer Um, and here I am doing a video. Uh, I do podcasts all the time. I, you know, now I, I got a good iPhone. I take good pictures now and I've used Will Gallagher's camera. Um, I think the biggest thing is you you can't just pigeonhole yourself um, in the past few years. It's just become, uh, you know you have to be multifaceted and multi-talented. And then the other thing, um, and I think a lot of this has to do with social media. I think it has to do with Nil. um it has to do with the brands themselves. used to, you know, the information came out from us um, via you know relationships we built. It still does uh, via via our own observations. Uh, But now not only are we competing with, you know, uh, various sites, newspapers, things like that, at a certain point, you're almost competing with Texas football itself. They put out their own information. Uh, The leagues, you know, the Big 12, and then I guess the NFL, SEC, they put out their own stuff. And the players themselves uh, put out their own stuff. You know who broke J.J. Watt's retirement? J.J. Watt. A long time ago, that's not really happening. So I think the biggest change is – Yes, we still have a lot. I mean, we have tremendous value. I mean, you should come check out Inside Texas and see the value we provide. Uh, We still break a lot of news. A lot of stories come from us uh, first uh, before anybody else in the market. But a lot of times, you know, just look at recruiting. Used to Jerry could be like, hey, guess what? This kid just got offered by Oklahoma State. Now the kid's tweeting out, I got offered by Oklahoma State. That's a lot different. And I think that's been not only just the past five years, but 10 years maybe as well. Yeah, social media definitely changed it.
2: Joe, tell me if this is fair or not. An enormous amount of the work you have to do is collecting information and then disseminating it across like three different technological platforms and like knowing how to work with different technology to get the information out. There's like so much. I mean, I've I've got to know
1: how to, I've got to know, you know, I mean, Bobby, you look at this too, with, with regards to YouTube, you got to find the right times to do these things. You got to find what audiences are interested in um, what presentation you're getting. I don't want to get too in, in the weeds, but yeah, you you have to know when, when people are interested, why they're interested and what medium they're interested in uh, all over the place for, for this to work. So um, yeah, social. That just goes back to social media uh, changing a, a lot of how you know we operate. There's some people. I mean, like think about think about Woj. Woj. I don't know how many clicks he produces for ESPN, but he produces a ton of attention for ESPN just because he's the first one out there saying that KD got traded to uh, Phoenix or something like that. That's another way social media. Uh, has made a big change you know me with the transfer portal i I, when i get told about portal information i try to include uh, links as much as possible but i'm trying to let people know that hey come to us come to inside texas uh because we're going to have that information first or very or as close to first as possible when it comes to transfer portal on three has done that as well so um of course being being accurate is number one being as fast and as accurate as possible uh, is right there behind it, but you got to know when, how, where, and why people are viewing uh, various stories.
0: I, I would add this. Uh, I would add this, and then we'll move on. Thanks for the the super chat, freelance society. Um, I would add uh, that Twitter is 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so social media has been been ripe for about a good 10 plus years, 15 plus years impacting it. The last five years, the only other thing besides NIL is transfer portal. Um, I, I think that's those are the those are the two things that have uh, changed college sports re- reporting uh, in my day and age. Um, Jerry, I'm gonna give this one to you. How long does AD Mitchell sit behind Casey Kane? Well, when the season
3: starts, he won't be uh, in spring practice until he starts catching the ball consistently. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he had too many drops Wednesday. I mean, looking, he had, he's not a. He's not a guy that you look at and say he's got great hands, but um, he's got he's got to have a little co- more concentration, catch the ball a little more consistently. I don't think there's going to be any freebies
0: to first team until you do that. I I would agree with that. I just feel like he's he's too much of a mismatch for people to, oh, to keep no him on the field too too long. No, uh, Damon, thanks for the super chat, Derek. Why we- Derek uh, Weisner? Uh, thank you for the super chat as well. We appreciate it. Uh, let me ask a couple other questions here that we've got queued up. Uh, you guys get your questions in if you want them uh, uh, answered. Let's start with this one, and I'm going to go to Joe for this. If the team were to have five captains right now, who do
1: you think they would be? So I know, I have a good idea on three of them because when they do the stretching period, when we're first able to see uh, the, the practice windows, uh, they have one guy kind of break it out. And so, so far during the first three that we've seen, it's been, Uh, Jordan Whittington, Jalen Ford, and Tavondre Sweat. That makes sense. Experienced guys, all class of, I think they're all class of 2019 guys, uh, who have made, you know, who are viewed as leaders, not only in their position group, uh, but across the program. Um, I would have to think that Jaron Thompson may be one as well. Uh, but I'm trying to think along the offensive line, you know, is it Christian Jones? Uh, is it maybe someone like Jake Majors? Um, and then do you keep going? Maybe look at uh, on the, another guy in the defensive backfield. Uh, do you look at uh, Michael Taff? He's another guy who's got a re- lot of respect. You'll notice I didn't say a running back and I didn't say a quarterback. And I don't think that's a problem, uh, but I think it's definitely a different flavor from last year's team. And of course, the best case scenario uh, would be, you know, Quinn Ewers joining that category pretty quickly. Uh, if not, you know who knows what this team looks like? Who knows what the quarterback situation actually looks like? But if Quinn Ewers is a guy that all the player, and granted, you have to remember Steve Sarkeesian, when he goes through this process, they have a different foursome go up and do the coin toss every game, and then he'll name the five permanent captains at the end of the year. But still with the question, uh, you want Quinn Ewers to be one of the first guys mentioned for that group. And um, I think he's working toward that, but whether he gets there as the end of the result – um, it's a big thing to watch this spring. I, I, I gotta tell
0: you, uh, that's good intel. Whenever you say that the three guys at the front of the line are Whit Whittington, uh, Ford and Sweat, uh, that's good intel. I, the guys that I would add to that I'd add Jaron Thompson most likely for the secondary and probably either Jake majors or Christian Jones, uh, both seniors. I know no majors has a red shirt year, uh, typically, but, uh, those guys, Jerry or Ian, you guys have anybody you think would you'd want to add? JT Sanders. <clears throat> um, why, why do you? Why do you? I, so JT, I think he can be a. So this is a good question. You don't have to be a team captain to be a vocal leader. Isn't he more of that vocal leader than he is a team captain because of his age, more than anything? I mean, he's a third-year so player.
2: Yeah, what's the team cap? is team captain have the responsibilities for organizing the team? I don't know if Sanders fits into that realm. It sounds like maybe not. But in terms of, like, firing guys up on the field and making sure guys are focused, ready to go, it seems like Sanders is up there. I know that he was vocal a year ago as he grew in confidence. And he's done a lot of the little things, you know. He went from when he arrived on campus, they had him off to the side practicing blocking on a walk-on, you know, and it was like this guy's got ways to go to so last year for the best tight ends in the country and certainly not a bad blocker. So yeah, he's he's putting the work. I, I think he's up there. All
3: right. I think I think it's interesting because the portal kind of changes all that now. I'll go and answer the next question. I don't think so. But um <laughs> um but but he's got great hands. Um but I'll say this where it's changes the portal like Quinn came in last year he's not in a leadership role right now he's a first year he was a first year starter in a quarterback competition and so now he's got to be a leader Jalen Catalan is a freaking all-American at what point if he's healthy does he become a leader because he's the only guy on defense that's been an all-American let's be real I mean so him and Jalen Ford should be the guys to Vondre sweat so the portals kind of change that too is it, it it's takes a little longer for some of these guys to take on that leadership and captain type of role. Let's go this
0: one. Uh, who is the leader of the O-line?
2: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
3: Do you notice one out there, Jerry? I think Kelvin Banks is going to be the leader by by whenever that is. I I just think he's the best player on the line. He's the future All-American, freshman All-American. And I don't think he's scared of that. I'll say that I don't think Kelvin banks is scared of that. I think he would relish that. Uh, and I, that's a major thing. So, uh, you know, you look at three guys, your center, your left tackle, your right tackle. Um, it's going to be one of those three guys on this team. Um, you know, you would say Jake majors, the center, Christian Jones is the longest tenured player. Kelvin banks is the best. So, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Bel- banks doesn't become that, uh, as the season
0: moves along. Got it. Um, Let's see here. Got a couple of other questions. Joe, uh, is there really a QB competition considering yours? Has has a spring, a season, in bo- a bowl, and now a
1: spring ahead of Arch and others? Well, I can check with Adam Schefter. Uh, I don't know if there's a <laughs> specific quarterback competition. I just think that when Steve Sarkeesian said every position is open to competition – I think he really means every position is open to competition but I I think that the question kind of is very it gives a lot of evidence as to why Quinn Ewers probably has a leg up in this whole process and you know Arch a lot of what we're thinking about Arch we're kind of thinking about Quinn last year oh he's got all this talent oh he comes in with all this accolades and you know they are different players but um, some of it is definitely the, the reason this becomes a question is because the arch is that good. Um, uh, but he's also, you have to admit a little bit, he is the shiny new toy, uh, that that's, you know, in this room. So, um, I don't think it's, I, I think when, when Steve Sarkeesian said every position's open to competition, he was being genuine when he said that. Uh, but I, I do find it, you know, I, I feel like. Quinn Ewers has a, a leg up enough and has made an, enough strides and we continue to make enough strides to where it, if there is a competition at this point, he's probably leading it. And we see that with, you know, the, him being the first guy out there every time. Uh, all right. Speaking with my friends here, Jerry Hamilton, Ian Boyd. I, I think,
3: I think we need to note something like these coaches there. They are always going to say everything's a competition, right? That's what they need, this isn't pro, this isn't pro sports, right? It almost is, but it's not. Um, we're getting closer, but it's not. So, they look, everybody's competing. Well, Jalen Ford technically is competing. I mean, jet yeah. competing with him, not really, but everything's a competition. I think that's important for the fans to understand. That's what I, these coaches want it to be in the spring. They want everybody to be pushed, they want everybody to feel like they're in a competition.
0: Uh, well, I hope that's your dog's name, Uri. No questions here. Thanks, guys, for all that you do at Inside Texas Hook'em Horns. Thank you back. Uh, We appreciate it very much. Uh, Thanks uh, for listening in to our Longhorn live stream every Friday at 1 o'clock. I also want to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, His name is Andy Ludicky at myperfectfranchise.net. Are you looking to leave the corporate rat race, two weeks PTO, and have to uh, deal with other people's stuff, or do you want to make your own mark? Uh, If so, and you have the capability and desire uh, to be your own business owner, give Andy a shout. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. That's Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Good friend of the program. Uh, We appreciate him uh, greatly. Uh, Now it is time for our weekly uh, trivia question. Uh, We're going to go with it. It's a weekly trivia questions brought to you by Last Stand Hats. Laststandhats.com. Use the promo code code BOBBY10 uh, to get them. Uh, we do not have a free giveaway today. However, I do want to see who gets the question right first. All right, here we go. And we'll see if Joe and, and Ian and Jerry know this. Bijan Robinson won the Doke Walker Award and was awarded it last week officially. He actually won it back in December. Well, prior to Bijan, who was the last Texas footballer to win a national award. Last
1: Texas footballer to win a national annual award. I think I know who it is. Cause it's one of my favorite players. And I think it's one of Ian's favorite players too. Uh, <laughs> isn't it Michael Dixon winning the Ray guy award? <laughs>
3: it's
1: <gotta be> a- <laughs> what, who is it? Michael Dixon winning the Ray guy award. Uh,
0: you know what? I believe you would be right because he comes after Dante, um, Dante Foreman. Foreman, yep. So well,
2: right. I was going to Foreman, and then uh, as soon as as soon as Joe started talking, I realized he had to be right. It's be- <laughs> yes, he is. Um, it's all hard.
0: right. So Foreman was in nineteen, uh, or excuse me, twenty sixteen uh, for the um, Foreman was twenty sixteen, and uh, uh, what's uh, Michael Dixon was twenty seventeen. Uh, so it is none other than Michael Dixon. Uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a uh, surprise question for you guys. Congrats to Michael Gosnell uh, for getting that first. Uh, everybody, I kind of led them into it with the whole uh, with the whole idea uh, being uh, that it was a running back with uh, Bijan. Uh, I do want to say once again thanks to mm-hmm. well, right, did somebody
3: get that? Did somebody get that right, Bobby?
0: Yeah, Mike Gosnell.
3: Okay, because I was going to throw out who was the first dratty trophy winner in Texas history, if we need another question.
0: <laughs> was that one of the Ocho brothers, by chance? He was second.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Griffin. Oh, Griffin. Dallas Griffin. The oh, Dallas Griffin. Yeah, the Campbell Award, right? I thought that's what it was. The academic right. Heisman, no matter what you want to call it. Yeah.
0: yeah. You could right, argue let's that. To, let's go back you to this, argue. guys.
1: Guys, <laughs> let's go back to
0: this. I want to get on. Stay on. Stay on schedule here. This isn't a free-for-all. I'm 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 herding uh, the cats here. All right. From Justin Yarbrough. Will the freshmen have more of an impact this year and what's been most surprising this spring? I do not think they'll have more of an impact this year. Uh, I think that uh, what I would say is that there's just look, when you have two starters on the offensive line like they did last year, That's that's big. Um, I feel like they are as talented, if not more talented, though, than the previous year's group. Um, And I don't know how to say that, put that into words other than just exactly what I said. Uh, A little lighter on the on the defensive line or excuse me, on the line. But overall, uh, look, I think one of the linebackers could start. Uh, I think it's possible. Uh, that the the running back ends up being a co-starter of sorts with Jonathan Brooks. I think maybe the first receiver off the bench might be Jonte Cook, based on what I've seen. But true freshman, I think there's going to be fewer and fewer of those positions available to guys going forward. Uh, Joe, Jerry, either of you guys have a have a thought or, or uh, on that one? Yeah, I think the portal
3: uh, has just changed that uh, for freshmen. Um, the main thing is, look, I mean. When Malik Muhammad signed uh, or committed, you thought, okay, he could come in and push somebody. Well, then Gavin Holmes comes in out of the portal, right? I mean, so that's just where everything's changed. And ideally, you probably only want a couple of freshmen really starting. (laughs) Uh, That means you've got an experienced team. That means you've done good work in the portal. That means you're developing the talent already on campus. Um, I I think you're going to see some of these guys um, maybe show up more – Uh, because there's more early enrollees. I think you're going to see some of these guys show up maybe on special teams more, Uh, but as far as uh, maybe that's where they have more of an impact. Um, But I I think the early enrollee talents a lot greater than it has been, but I also think the portal guys are better than they have been. So that makes it tougher for the freshmen.
0: Uh, Jerry, I'm staying here with you, and I want Joe's opinion, too, because we all saw him. Does Alfred Collins have a breakout year? He looked
3: better to me, guys. Uh, he looks better physically, but, I mean, let's be real. Only Alfred can answer this question right now. Alfred should – I mean, Alfred came out of high school. Name name, uh, name the guys that Nick Saban really coveted that are on the Texas defense. And, and he – outside of him, I'm not sure who it really is now, Malik Muhammad. Um, but there aren't many. And he came out of high school as a guy that everybody wanted. Um, he, he has a ability. Uh, but he has to be the one to answer that question. Uh, but I can tell you this: if he has a breakout year, he'll end up being getting a third, fourth round type of draft grade. He's that he's that
0: level player. Joe, this this one's for you, bud. Uh, I continue to think the TE position needs his ability. He's referencing Juan Davis, because he mentioned him in a in a previous note. Is there any inside information how Coach Banks views him in the TE scheme depth chart? I mean, he's running third and fourth team right now. I, I don't think that he's in the current, you know, immediate plans for the
1: Longhorns right now, even, even though he's on scholarship. Your thoughts? Oh, it's good to hear from David Williams. Um, You know, if they needed his ability, then he needs to be higher up on that depth chart. And he's behind a guy who's a walk-on right now, I think, in, in Patrick Bay youth. Um, he's someone you know who is going to be an, a player on a lot of different special teams. He's been a player on several different special teams, uh, but he was always someone who kind of was that in between, you know, almost little Jordan Humphrey type role, like someone who has got tight end size, but you may use a receiver. And I don't know if he's taken the blocking as well as he's needed to um, in order to to move up the depth chart. That's why he's been pretty down on the depth chart during Steve Sarkeesian's time at Texas. So uh, he's got two tough ones to to crack at the top. Of course, Jatavian Sanders is the all around tight end. Um, They don't have Andre Carrick to kind of use as the the large tight end, but they're going to try, as we saw in the bowl game, maybe use Gunnar Helm a little bit more. Um, And Gunnar Helm arrived with some good blocking ability and needed to uh, improve on his receiving and movement in space. But I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a physical limitation question with Juan Davis. And I think a little bit of a, you know, what's his best fit. Remember, this was someone that was uh, recruited by Tom Herman for, for that tight end spot. And I know that there's a lot of similarity, at least in some areas in what they do, especially when they're in line, but uh, one, you know, Tom Herman was far more comfortable splitting his tight ends out a lot more often um, that's not something we've seen a ton from Steve Sarkeesian, at least in the you know the volume that Herman did it, and I think that may leave uh, Juan Davis as a slightly odd man out when it comes to the tight end pecking order.
2: To, right, to Joe, Joe, to Joe, stay Joe. right here,
3: go ahead. Right, I was just say to Joe's point, unless you're a plus blocker, then you're playing behind Jatavion Sanders, and
0: that's no man's land. <laughs> that that is true. That is true. All right, this is from Loba Bread Super Chat, Jerry. I know you covered it on IT, but how serious is Timmy Allen's injury? He set out yesterday. Will he be one hundred percent by tourney time? Sorry, it's not football related. That's okay, Loba. Uh, what's your What's your answer there, Jerry? Nah, he's good. If it was
3: a tournament game, he'd have played. Uh, they They just he needs five. He needs four, five, six days. Just to get back to hundred percent, and he's he will be there by next Thursday or
0: Friday, whenever Texas plays in the tournament. No need. Well, to Well, work. thanks for the uh, super chat, Bud. I, I I've heard he's going to be fine as well. Uh, there, all right, Patrick Despain. How does Con- Connor Stro look other than big? I thought he looked really, really good. Um, I think I think that he is definitely big. First of all that that is a that is a, a true. I'm not so sure that the freshman offensive lineman as a group aren't bigger on average than the sophomore offensive linemen, even though the they sophomore are. offensive linemen are extremely, you know, big guys. I I felt like Stroh Chapman and Pey- Peyton Kirkland looks much better than I anticipated based on what I had seen out of him. Uh, Jerry or, or Joe, you guys, I know Ian, you were going to say they are, have you done a little bit of research on that?
2: Well, they're just, they're all listed heavier. I remember, writing out the listings for the the class of beef in, in 2022. And then in 2023, they're all – they're maybe a little less athletic, so the ratings were lower, but they're bigger people. Just all, almost – there's like three or four, four, four of them at least that were listed at least like 340 pounds.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Thanks again, Patrick, for uh, the uh, super chat. And, and I will on Connor stroke.
3: On Connor Stroh, I think he's mature and I think he processes, and that's going to give him a chance to out- play above his athletic ability, as
0: Ian said. Here's one for for all of us: is this the group of cor- is this group of corners from Miguel Gonzalez? Is this group of corners the best the team has had in several years? With the addition of Gavin Holmes, I say yes. Any, any uh, Anybody want to take the opposite
2: of me on that? 2017 and 2018 were pretty up there. They had, uh, for a while in 17, it was Holton Hill and Chris Boyd. Uh, 2018 With Devontae Devontae Davis backing up. And then Devontae Davis and Chris Boyd in 2018. Um, Boyd kind of, I I would say he hit his potential a little stronger in the NFL than he did at Texas. But he was pretty good at Texas. And Hill was very good at Texas when he played, and Davis was very solid. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they have anybody as good as Boyd, for instance. Well, we'll see. I think maybe Brooks or Holmes could get there this season, but we haven't seen it yet. So, Jerry, what do you? I see Jerry's got something here. Go yeah,
3: I, I think I think what's interesting is I think this is a more versatile group. Maybe a, um, you know, Chris Boyd was pretty limited. <laughs> if you talk to his former high school staff, um and Holton Hill had issues. Um, obviously, Devontae Davis had his strength and his weaknesses. I think this may be a little more of a versatile group with different body types, different skill sets, and maybe that makes them better at the end of the day. But a lot of this question is going to be answered by how good is Terrence Brooks as a sophomore because he has the highest NFL ceiling of these guys and how good is uh, Gavin Holmes? I mean – he, we we think he's really good. I think you know what you're going to get from Ryan Watts, and I think Malik Muhammad's a talented freshman. But I think this question will be answered by Terrence Brooks, freshman the sophomore year, and Gavin Holmes,
0: uh, second to third year.
3: Let me ask y'all football. this:
0: Any chance that Ryan Watts is the man odd man out at, at corner instead of being at Terrence Brooks or Gavin Holmes fighting over one spot? I I I, I I'm not putting it past that. I think that from what I saw, those guys both those guys all have a chance. Go ahead, Joe.
1: I I think we've been trying to move Ryan Watts to safety since he was in high school, but he's never given us a reason to move him to safety because of how well he's played at corner. I'm not trying to move him. I just right.
2: think
0: I think Brooks Brooks and Holmes might be better potentially because they're a little they, bit different. They might be better. They just have,
2: They may just have three starters because I think Brooks can play either position. So. You can get all three of them, you know, 50 snaps a game easy.
0: Okay. All right. Good stuff. Thanks for the question, Miguel. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Please get some uh, questions in if you get a chance, uh, by the way, uh, all you have to do is drop them in the comment box and we'll try to get to them as quickly as possible. Uh, we're going to go down the list here and this is going to be rapid fire. I'm talking to Joe Cook, uh, Ian Boyd, and Jerry Hamilton. I'm Bobby Burton and we're all from InsideTexas.com. Uh, from Eric Davis would love to hear from each mod. Who is your one candidate to break out this year? And guess what? I just said Terrence Brooks.
1: Joe, your turn. Um, What's our criteria here? we got a, a guy who started or like? It's it's however you want to define it, bud. I'll go, okay. Then somebody I'll... says
0: break out to you, who do you think is going to break out this year?
1: Okay. Because I didn't think if you – If you think about him now, you're not thinking about him in terms of NFL draft. You may still not be, but you may be thinking about him as an undrafted guy next year. I'll go Jaron Thompson. I think in the fact that he's going to have experience around him, his own experience. He's a leader. um, He's well well thought of on the team for so many different reasons. He had his hands on a lot of different footballs last year, but he only – Wrangled it in, I think, a couple times. I think if he's able to continue to do that and maybe even potentially at that field spot, uh, you know, be able to continue to play like that, um, track balls, deep balls a little bit. Uh, I think that he may be someone who racks up a couple more interceptions and, and has another solid year. Um, I, I think I would classify that as a as a breakout because he's probably not a name that a lot of fans of Big 12 football are are really cognizant of. I'll go – so I went with Terrence Brooks. You're going with Jaron Thompson.
2: Ian, where are you going, bud? I'm going to go David Benda because I think there's a good chance that he is a quality starter who ends up with 90 tackles, maybe a couple sacks. Uh, And right now, I mean, up until very recently, all the talk has been, you know, five-star Anthony Hill, Jalen Ford, Leonga Fowle. I think Hill and LaFalle may be your starters next year. But this year, I think uh, Benda has a chance to uh, to have a big year, and that would definitely be a breakout.
0: All right, Terrence Brooks, Jaron Thompson, David Benda, and
3: Jerry Hamilton, you finish us off. I I was torn between Neto and and Jonathan Brooks, but I'm going to go with Brooks um, from a Big 12 and maybe National standpoint no i'm not saying alfred collins because i can't look <laughs> at any longer i've tried and, and i can't i've got i need two tylenol every time i try at this point but um i'm gonna go jonathan brooks because i think he's gonna be one of the top running backs in the big 12 but he still may not even be the best running back on his own team and Setter baxter depending on how quickly Setter baxter picks this power five game up but i think it's gonna be jonathan brooks because these guys are there he could catch it better than people think I think he showed that in the Alamo Bowl, and I think um, he's going to be a benefactor
0: of more 11 personnel. Okay. All right. Jonathan Brooks, David Benda, Jaron Thompson, Terrence Brooks. I'm writing that down and, and marking it down, I think, March 10th, right? That's what it is today. We're, we're, I'm holding you all to all of that. Uh, Super chat from uh, Jordan Bonner. Once healthy, and if he can put on more good weight, could Darian Galette possibly be a solution at Buck rather than linebacker in the future? Jerry, you go for this one
3: where we're, we'd all be completely guessing here because he's never had to learn one position. Um, uh, you know he, this, he was a jack of all trades at high school great great athlete. by the way, looks good. I mean he's uh, listed at 231 pounds. he was in full pads with the brace on not going through spring obviously but looks really good physically as you as you'd expect. Um, he's a tough one because of the learning curve. I mean that I might be totally guessing here. I think he can carry 250 255 pounds pretty easily on this frame. Um, I think he'd look great doing it. Uh, But, look, he's got to learn a position, and I don't think that's going to be the position he learns out of the gate. Um, So I'd be totally guessing. Somebody else may have a different opinion, but the guy's played quarterback, wide receiver, safety, linebacker, rushed off the edge. I mean, he kind of did it all in high school a small school. He's
0: never even concentrated on one position yet. Got it. Um, I want to go with this one. I'll, I'll do this one, guys. Jalen Cat- Catalan from Just to Do. Jalen Catalan was cleared medically when he transferred here, wasn't he? Did he re-injure his shoulder? He has not re-injured his shoulder. They're just keeping out, out of contact for right now. So he's healthy. They they just feel like he knows what he can do, and there's no reason for him to absorb extra hits right now. He may come back during the second um, second part of spring, though. Remember, he gets another week off. That gives him two weeks in pads without having to worry about hitting. Uh, it, it could be that sort of situation, is the way I look at it from a coach's standpoint. Uh, Joel McWaters, uh, how well do y'all think Sark and the coaching staff balance playing time versus playing the players that give us the best chance to win? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this, and then one of you guys jump in, I, preferably Ian, if you get a chance here, Ian. I think they do a great job because I don't see a lot of rotation. And frankly, other than the places where you need it, along the defensive line where guys get tired, maybe some in the secondary where guys get tired. I'm not one of those guys that think uh, wide receivers get tired very often. Running backs, you know, they're they're built to take 20, 25 carries. So when Roshan comes in in the third or fourth series like he did last year, I was completely fine with it. I think they I actually like his rotation better than anybody's, just about that's been, including Mac Brown's. I wasn't in love with the way Mac Brown rotated guys in. Uh, Ian, do you have a thought on this?
2: They, uh, you know, they go a little more methodically paced on offense. So that helps them. They don't necessarily have to sub as much on offense and uh, and have like a second string kind of receivers or whatever. Every once in a while, they have to run worthy because they ask him to run passers, basically, their play right running down the field. Um, defense they they sub a lot but you kind of have to like you defend 80 90 snaps and you can tell that pk would try to sub his guys his backups in earlier in the game to keep his guys fresh i actually thought todd orlando maybe had a couple tricks for subbing that were a little better than pk's todd orlando would often sub his backup line early in a drive and then If the other team got to the red zone, you'd see Coburn, you'd see Malcolm Roach, you'd see whoever the top-line guys were. They'd get out there and be like, okay, we got to stop points now. So we can't be, you know. So uh, I I do see that potential critique of PK. I don't know if his subs are maximized for that. But in general, I'm with you. I mean, they don't – the only time that they put backups on the field is on defense because they have to defend a high volume of snaps.
0: Yep, I agree. All right. Can, uh, can I add something to that? Yeah.
3: I think the first couple of years they didn't have the depth or the personnel where they wanted it. I'm interested to see if that changes a little bit this year as they built more depth and talent in the program.
2: Very I true. think that's fair.
0: Uri, uh, how is the special team from Uri? How is the special teams unit performing? Do we have a solid punter? Has transfer Ryan Sanborn arrived? Joe.
1: Your mic's there you off.
0: Go. There you go. Uh,
1: he's still finishing up at Stanford, so he'll be here um, in the uh, when summer starts up. I had to grab my roster because even I don't know who the guy they have at Punter is right now. Um, <laughs> Charles Ferris who's from Cy Ranch. Uh, they have him doing punt stuff, uh, but it's kind of just instructional. I don't know if he's going to factor in that much, especially with Sanborn coming. Um, and then, of course, you still have Burt Auburn, uh, Will Stone there for the the kicking duties. So, um, uh, and then, and of course, did at, did at receiver at, at the uh, return position, you know we get to see a little bit of special teams, just the punt stuff. Uh, and at re- uh, the returns, you've got Worthy at the top. Uh, he's followed by Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, and Ad Mitchell. Um, so, I mean, there's only so much to glean. A lot of it is just, hey, this is how we do punt better do it like this. Uh, but I, I doubt we're going to hear a ton as far as quality, um, especially from the specialists before we really get into like scrimmage situations. Because those guys typically work on their own during practice. They're just in the bubble or on the side field trying to split the uprights, work on punts. Those guys are they're, they're almost on their own um, until the uh, the situation comes up where they got to be used in the scrimmage. I, I would say this, the Gunners, Jaden Blue, you mentioned this, Jaden
0: Blue and Keaton Crawford at this mm-hmm. point as well. Uh, thanks for the question there. Uh, Casey Lane, who does Ian have as the number one player on his list that needs to, their position switched and why? You can't say Ryan Watts clearly.
2: The number one guy that needs to move? Uh well, it seems like they've already done it. They put Jare Bledsoe at defensive tackle, largely, which um, I didn't. I didn't have that one on my board, but when I look at it, that makes a lot of sense because they need tackles from those younger groups. Um, and Bledsoe growing into a tackle would be more valuable than growing into an edge, in my opinion, because the tackles are harder to come by. Um, but oh, okay, here we go. Jaden Blue, I think, needs to be a wide receiver. I don't think he's going to see the field at Texas unless he's a wide receiver. He seems like he's going to be liable to end up having to transfer playing time, and when he does, he should consider wide receiver because the only thing you ever you hear two things about him consistently, other than that he's fast, one he doesn't run between the tackles very well, two he has exceptional hands catching the ball out of the backfield. What are we doing? That's a wide receiver.
3: That that's fair. Hey, and, and to add to that, the move of Savion on red, the running backs one that I thought was a great one by this staff. And I don't know if Joe. I mean, obviously he's running fourth team right now. I get it, but that won't last. But I think he's more than a gadget guy. I'll say that right now, based on what I've. I think that was a great move for the future for Texas. Do
1: y'all think Arch could play tight end?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought Ian may go offensive tackle, Malik Murphy, long term. Oh, right? <laughs> uh,
2: maybe maybe okay. tight end first. <laughs> I don't know if you can
3: play
0: anywhere with bad feet. You got to get your feet better.
3: Oh, yeah,
2: that,
0: That's a sad deal. He's got he's to get back in it. Um, all right. Hold on a second. I want to say thank you to our sponsor one last time. Uh, that is Andy Ludicky of uh, the MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, My Perfect Franchise. Uh, you get a chance to own your own business uh, with MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, they, do, they take you through a process whereby you answer a bunch of questions about what you like to do and want to do uh, in, with your life, you take the questions, Andy gives, you the, gives out the answers, puts you in a business that he thinks is the best for you or at least mentions it, and then you start the process of vetting it uh, of whether or not it's something for you. Uh, check it out, Andy, at myperfectfranchise.net. We have time for a few more uh, questions and answers here, so let's uh, move on and, and try to get to them here. Let's go. I'm going to go back a little bit uh, on this one. From Tim Salinas, how much different does spring ball look and feel under Sark than previous regimes, including Mac Brown? Uh, Anybody? I'll get my smart ass answer out
3: of the way. Uh, We had like a 40 minute media window Wednesday. I mean, wow,
1: there's a big difference. Joe,
0: you your thoughts.
1: I th- this one's a little foreign to me cuz I got the uh the first year I was working it uh, was the last year at Charlie. Um and it was funny during fall practice, I uh, he's like, "All right, y'all come to practice." And we got to see the entire thing. And then we didn't get anything else basically the rest of the year. So, um <laughs> I'm I, I think it, it's a, you know, I, I get that there are some programs that open literally everything. Um I get you know, I, I'm. I like being able to know the depth chart. I like. You know, I wish I could see some one on ones, but I get why that may not be uh, allowed. So I think it's a for a big program like Texas, especially in a big city. I think it's it's a fair amount of of access, and nothing. I'm gonna spend too much time complaining about. I I think that uh,
0: you know what I was thinking is not so much the media access uh, of how it looks and feels, uh, but how it's run Um, almost every practice I've been to, whether it's Tom Herman, Charlie strong, Sark, Matt Brown, John McEvick, David McWilliams. uh, They all start the same way stretching. Uh, I thought that uh, John Makovic liked to have passing drills earlier than everybody, uh, including even Steve Sarkeesian. I know that sounds weird, but they were, they, they, they skipped, uh, they, they put like Sark puts special teams early. McWilliams put special teams early. Uh, Makovic had them in halfway through. I mean, he started off with offense, <laughs> one-on-ones. That was his first thing. Uh, he won so, the toss and he was receiving. <laughs> well, Yeah, man, just putting it out there. That, that's how they're a little bit different. Um, otherwise, uh, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen enough of these practices all w- all the way through. Mac did not used to have, when he did have open practices, they weren't always the most physical. Um, and hence, I think he got some bad rap uh, or, or a appropriate rap, however you want to look at it, uh, about his teams being soft at times. Uh, but uh, uh, Charlie Strong certainly liked physical practices uh, from when I was there. Herman tended to, I haven't seen enough of Steve Sarkeesian at this point. Thanks for the question, Tim. Uh, going to Jared Voswinkel here. How's Anthony Hill? Haven't heard much other than him flying around, quote-unquote. Uh, do you think he makes more noise when they take more live reps with pads? Jerry, Ian, Joe, anybody want to take that? I think as the game gets more physical, he he he's going to shine more.
3: Uh, that's what he is. He's a physical downhill football player. Uh, so now that the full pads are on, pads are cracking. Um, that's when he's going to be at his best. I, I think, you know, what we see in the media window is – You know, got into discussion on inside Texas. Not, it's not a negative. Everybody has stuff they got to work on. He's not going to look as smooth as Leona Lafau in coverage, right? And that's what we got to see in the media window. That's not a knock on on Anthony Hill. There's areas everybody has to get better. Uh, But I think once the as the practices get more physical, uh, the better Anthony Hill is going to get because what he does really well: locate ball, run the ball, hit guy carrying ball.
1: Anybody, anybody else want to say something? Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I bet, you know, with today being the first day that they had pads on, um, I bet some, I would be surprised if we didn't hear that during like inside run periods, Anthony Hill didn't have, you know, I I, I bet he did pretty well during those portions because that's what he's always done well. And um, I think he's got the right. Yeah. You got to work on uh, going against guys who aren't just five, a football players or five, a playoff football players, but um, that's always been something he's good at uh, when it comes to full team scrimmages, I bet we'll hear, just like he, uh, he mentioned flying around. I bet we'll hear he's swimming a little bit, uh, but I bet like inside run, that's, that's the type of thing that Anthony Hill did really well. It didn't Ryan. I bet he'll continue to do well, uh, but it's a three down league and it's a four down league. So we'll see if uh, how he holds up whenever uh, he's got to start backing up a little bit. All right. But down Dan, that's
2: did he good, work? What'd that's you say? Good. The four down league is a good. That's a good comment about the, sh- the shape of the Big 12. I like that.
0: That's probably true with Texas Tech going for it every down. All right. Um, yeah. Timothy Wooten,
2: any word on Larry Turner?
0: Larry Turner Gooden uh, out of California. I think he's running second team right now, or is he running third team? He's ahead so, of BJ
1: Allen, right? So with wide receiver, it's pretty clear there's a one, two, three, four. Uh, Andre Coleman did that. Brenda Marion did that. Chris Jackson is doing that because you got to go in order Um, with Blake Gideon and and, uh, Terry Joseph. It seems like they're like, all right, guys, just just go roll through it. Roll through it. No real, at least in the portion, we get not a ton of rhyme or reason. Um, But there does kind of seem to be like a front group and then a back group. And uh, for the past few days, Larry Turner Gooden's been more in that back group. Um, the front has been the you know, Jalen Catalan was there one day. It was Jaron Thompson, Jalen Catalan, Keaton Crawford, Michael Taff. Yeah. And then back group included some of the walk ons and Turner Gooden and BJ Allen. So, um, I don't know if he's, he's moved up a ton. And, and of course, like I said, it's varied a little bit for all these guys over the past few days, but I don't think right now he's, uh, uh, you know pushing his way towards the top at this point uh one one final question here i'm going
0: to answer this and then we're going to get going we have to get going here uh is jayden alexis still full contact or is he a green shirt i believe he's full contact didn't he joe
1: yeah he's yeah. running third behind uh xavier worthy and and uh Jonte cook at the field wide receiver spot all right uh thank you all so much for your questions and uh the
0: participation on the live stream today. Uh, Also, thank you to Joe Cook, Jerry Hamilton, and Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com for sharing their time. Uh, If you get a chance, uh, please like and subscribe for more of the best Longhorns coverage there is here on on Texas football. If you want the best coverage there is on Texas football and recruiting online, please give us a chance at InsideTexas.com. We have a special going right now. $10 for just four months, or, or excuse me, four months for just $10. Uh, We have uh, news and notes each and every day from every practice, uh, as well as uh, we're getting ready for a big recruiting period coming up here in the next month or so. Uh, So for Ian, Joe, Jerry and myself, this has been live stream on Texas football. Thanks.